I'm glad that you are. And we've got a few of us here at the church today, but we're glad we can have services and uh, even have a, a visitor join us, Cliff, whom I know, uh, here on this snowy Sunday morning. But I cannot help but always be reminded when I see the snow, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Thank God for cleansing us by his precious blood. So we're just honored that you join us via our Facebook page or later on on our website here. Let me just give you an announcement or two. Mark your calendars February the 6th through the 9th. We're planning on our Jubilee meeting. We were unable to have that in 21, but we're looking forward to it this year. A great lineup of speakers and singers We'll have with us Brother Ralph Sexton will be here, Brother John Reynolds, and uh, Brother Ed Moore, and David Adkinson, and just many, many more speakers. That'll be February the 6th through the 9th, and you don't want to miss that. Put that on your uh, calendars, all right? And then uh, also uh, we have a new couple of new ministries. Right at the end of last year, we began a uh, church parish nurse here for us and we appreciate Miss Wanda Wright serving as our parish nurse here in the church. What a blessing she already has been and then also we're beginning a brand new men's leadership ministries on Sunday night. We were actually going to begin tonight but since the weather is what it is uh, we won't be doing that till next Sunday the Lord willing. So these are things that's new here at Antioch on this new year and uh, we are excited about what the Lord's doing here at the church. I believe He's going to do. I'm looking for our Lord's return. I think that we have definitely uh, come to a time that we're watching our world get in the position for our one world ruler. And also we know that when that happens, the rapture of the church, Jesus is coming for His bride before the judgment that comes against this world. So we're looking forward to that. But it's all because of the old rugged cross. So we don't have a piano player with us today. So let's just sing this a cappella. The old rugged cross will sing a couple of verses of this. This is one of my mother's and my grandmother's favorite hymns. I remember my grandmother, uh, we called her Mamaw when Mamaw was uh, so very sick in the hospital. She was 87 years old. Born in 1900, she lived through uh, the pandemic in World War I and World War II, the Depression, Korea, Vietnam, Mamaw saw a lot. Uh, and in her last days, she would sing a verse or two of this song, The Old Rugged Cross. That's 317 in our hymnal here. So let's, uh, let's stand here in the church and let's sing together on this good old hymn. All righty. The cross always makes the difference. Amen. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish 
the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown to the old rugged cross I will ever be true its shame and reproach gladly bear then he'll call me someday to my home far away where his glory for ever I'll share so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Amen. What a blessing. Let's have prayer this morning. We have many that are sick in our church and uh, several that are facing some hospital time. Perhaps my dear sister is uh, got a 90% blocked artery on the right side here of her neck and the surgeons or the doctors are going to try to make a decision on that Tuesday. So if you'll remember uh, Anita Sue, Anita Sue in prayer, that's my sis, and ask the Lord's special touch there. Then uh, Sister Doris Jesse, Sister Jane Grant, uh, these folks were lifting up in prayer and ask God's special touch on each one of them. And uh, others in our church family that are at home and pretty much homebound. And we're thinking about Charles and Edith, and uh, let's just lift them up. Charles is still in the rehab center, and we're praying God's special touch there. And then there's some, some of our church family that's uh, fighting COVID, just actually, I reckon, diagnosed within the last couple of days. So let's remember them in prayer, our preschool. And Lord, keep everyone safe as well in our time of this uh, snowy weather that we have. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and has washed us from our sins in his precious blood. Thank you for the privilege of prayer and the opportunity to call you our Father. And Lord, we're asking this morning for your presence here. We know where two or three are gathered in your midst, there are you in the midst of them. Here we are gathered in your name and calling upon the cross of Calvary knowing that is the victory cry and the call for the church of the living God. And we're thankful that we can approach your throne today. Now, Lord, move in a powerful way in our service for those that are home, that are watching, and perhaps other places. Some of our people are traveling and no doubt tuning in from a great distance. We pray your blessings on them and everyone. Take the spirit of this service and move it into the home, we pray. Now, Lord, lift 
uh, we lift all of these up to you that we've mentioned and many others whom we haven't mentioned, many in our church family that are sick, others facing tests and perhaps even surgeries. We lift them up and ask your special touch on everyone. Thank you for your kindness, mercy, and goodness to us. Keep everyone safe during these uh, icy conditions. Thank you, Lord, the snow reminding us, as Job said, the very treasures of the snow reminding us, though our sins are scarlet and black and ugly, they're covered and washed clean by the blood of Jesus, as white as snow. Thank you, Lord. We'll praise you and we love you for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All righty. Now, if, uh, if I can find uh, another song here real quickly, page 34, and we'll sing another verse of this before uh, Brother Josh, Pastor Josh, comes and speaks to us today. And uh, you know this song. These are songs we've sung uh, all of our lifetime as believers, the old rugged cross and now, how great thou art and how great he is. Don't forget that, church. Let's lift that up always before our eyes, how great he is. Let's stand together again and sing verse number one of this good hymn. Here we go. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder thy power throughout the universe displayed then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art amen when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my god how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. 
Amen. That's our lovely Lord. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much. Brother Josh, Pastor Josh, come speak to our hearts this morning, if you would. God bless him. Well, thank you to each one who's joining us online. Uh, having some flashbacks of uh, COVID and from a couple of years ago when the auditorium looked a lot like this for a few weeks on end. And I'm grateful and thankful that uh, this is a, a one-time thing, Lord willing. Of course, winter weather you can never be sure about. But I'm going to go into Acts chapter number 16 today. Acts chapter number 16, if you want to turn there in your Bibles and uh, just share with you. Uh, we all face hardships. We all face difficulties. The question is not if problems are going to come in our life or when they're going to come, because we know, the Bible tells us with certainty, we all are going to face trials. Uh, trials are not the exception in life. Really, they're the norm. And while uh, I'm not a prophet, I, if I gave a prophecy for this brand new year, 2022, it would be you and I are going to face problems. And if I was to look back on the last couple of weeks, this year's only uh, just over two weeks old, and I'm sure that we've already faced hardships and issues and problems already in this new year. And so uh, we go through difficult waters, we go through hardships, we go through pain, we go through problems, but God is using those things in your life and in my life uh, to refine us. Uh, you see, if I brought in a 50-pound rock today and said, I've got 50 pounds of gold here, it truly wouldn't be 50 pounds of 24-karat gold. If it was, that'd be uh, worth over a million dollars. But if I put that into the refiner's fire, if I take it into the fire, it will melt away all the impurities, all the things that don't belong there. And what is left is that solid, pure gold. And that's the process that God is working in our lives. And Peter used that same analogy as speaking about the refiner's fire in First Peter. As he said, we are going through the fire. We don't need to be surprised when these fiery trials overtake us. Is this something strange or something unexpected is happening? But we need to go forward by faith. And I don't know about you, but there are times when I'm going through those trials and I begin to question God, why? Now, I don't think it's wrong to initially question why because you're trying to find your bearings. You're trying to figure out what's happening, what's going on in my life. And you ask why. Martha and Mary in John chapter number uh, uh, 16 there with their brother Lazarus, excuse me, John chapter 11 uh, with their brother Lazarus who is near death, they came to Jesus with the exact same statement. Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Why did Jesus wait those four days until he came? He had a good purpose in mind for that. Although I'm not preaching from that text today, I may refer back to that a couple of times because there's a lot of parallel truths between where we are in Acts 16 and what was happening in John 11. So they initially asked why. And Jesus didn't reprimand them. Jesus didn't scold them. Jesus didn't get on to them for asking why. So I don't think it's wrong to initially ask why when we're trying to find our bearings in a trial. But if we stay there with doubt and living in fear, we can actually hinder 
the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do through us. Uh, Pastor Brad likes to say, I will not stifle the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in me. I will not stifle the Holy Spirit's efforts to make a great Christian out of me. But how we respond to trials can reveal, am I trusting in God? Am I having faith in God through what I'm going through? And if we respond with faith instead of with fear, we can open the way for the Holy Spirit to minister through us in ways that we would never even imagine possible. And we see that truth on display here in Acts chapter 16. And that's why I had you turn here. Uh, I'm going to pick up in the middle of the chapter, but basically what happens in the beginning part of Acts 16 is Paul and Silas and others are looking for doorways of opportunity to go and to teach and to plant new churches, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ and to make him known to many people. And they try to go to one place. And it says in the early part of Acts 16 that the Holy Spirit forbade them. He didn't open up that doorway for them. And uh, it says in verse 7, they were to come to Mysia. And they essayed, they tried to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, suffered them not, did not allow them. And so they're stuck and they're wondering, where do we go next? And God, people. And there's this young woman, it says in verse 16, of chapter 16. So they had a big business going here. They had a great uh, business opportunity and they didn't want to let go of that. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. Now, let me take just a little rabbit trail right here and say, notice these men. They cared nothing about that girl. They used her and just treated her like a a piece of money that they could earn off of her. And when she couldn't earn them any more money, they cast her aside. And dear friend, that's what sin does to us. Uh, We are looking for acceptance. We're looking for meaning. This girl had fame. She was making lots of money. Uh, She was getting notoriety as being this fortune teller, and she could predict the future events and all the rest. And she was looking for acceptance. She was looking for a place to belong. And she was looking for meaning and purpose in life. And yet these men, when she couldn't do those things anymore, she was gone. She was trash. She was no good to them. And dear friends, if you are feeling that way today, realize that Jesus loves you and he cares about you. Uh, His good news is that he wants to uh, rescue you from where you are. And he does have a plan and he does have a purpose for your life. And he wants to heal your hurt. And in him and in him alone will you truly find the freedom and the belonging that your soul is craving for. And I love that truth of the good news of Jesus Christ. You can look at John chapter 4, the woman at the well, and you can find that same truth taught very plainly in that passage of Scripture. So they get mad, these masters of this girl. They get upset. Their business is shut down by Paul and Silas. And so they get them, they bring them to the marketplace, to the rulers. They brought them to the magistrate in verse 20 saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs that are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. So the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. 
And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now think about this. Here they are preaching and teaching about Jesus, trying to start a new work in a new city. Uh, They'd been trying to go here, and the Holy Spirit forbade them. They tried to go over there, and the door was not open. And they prayed, and they sought God's will, and it seemed like Philippi was the open door. So they go forward with everything they are into Philippi. Here they are preaching, telling people about Jesus, and all they run into is stone wall after stone wall after stone wall. First, it's this girl that is opposing them day after day after day. And then when they deal with that situation, here are her owners, these businessmen, and they bring them into the courthouse, so to speak, and they bring them onto trial, and they beat them. Their backs are bloody, Paul and Silas. They're bleeding. They're cast into the inner prison, this dark and smelly. Can you just see the sights and the smells and the sounds here in this uh, inner prison? Their feet are locked. It says their uh, feet are made fast in the stocks. They are locked up. This is maximum security as they had it in the first century. And they are going to make sure nothing happens to these prisoners. And they are bloody. They are beaten. They've been opposed since the first day they came there. I don't know about you, but for me, this would be a a prime opportunity to have a pity party and just to get down and to say, God, what are you doing? Uh, We're trying to tell people about the good news of the gospel. We're trying to preach about Jesus in this place. We're trying to share who Jesus is with these people who need him so desperately. And all that we get is rejected and beaten and thrown into jail. And I don't know about you, but I would be there asking those why questions. Why me? Why this? Why now? God, why are you letting all these things happen? Is that their response? Notice what it says in verse 25, the very next verse. And at midnight, here it is, middle of the night, and uh, here they are bleeding. Their feet are locked up, and Paul and Silas prayed. And they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Notice that uh, three great truths right there in that one simple verse. They prayed. And what does prayer do? Prayer turns our attention Godward. In other words, we're not looking horizontally any longer. We're not looking at what is happening all around us. We're not concerned with uh, the relationships with people. But when you pray, you're focusing not horizontally any longer, but vertically. And you're getting your attention fixed back upon God. And prayer can help to refocus you when you're going through those why questions. No doubt they had to be wondering, what is God up to? But they prayed. And don't overlook that simple truth. And that needs to be our number one response when we enter into those why moments of life. That we go to God in prayer. And we need to remind ourselves of who God is when we go to Him in prayer. Remind ourselves of the truth of Scripture and exactly what it tells us who this great God is that we're praying to. There's many times in my life where I have done that and it has helped me to refocus on the Lord and to get my attention fixed back onto Him. 
as I remind myself, God, you are greater than this situation. You are greater than this issue. You are greater than this, um, this difficulty. You're greater than this hurdle that is right in front of me. And God, I don't have the resources, but I know that you do. I can't see the future. I don't know how this is going to work out, but you do. And as we pray and we remind ourselves of who God is, it can help us to refocus into an attitude of praise and into an attitude of thanksgiving. It says, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God. When we pray, the heart of worship is the natural response when we refocus on God. They are singing praises unto God and they're not singing in whispers They're singing at the top of their lungs so that the prisoners heard them. It wasn't just their response, but their response became a witness to all of those around them. Isn't that a marvelous truth? That God is using them to show others the light of Jesus Christ. Here they are in the middle of darkness. Not just physical darkness. Yes, it was the middle of night. Yes, they're down in the inner prison no doubt just a dungeness kind of a, a hole. And they are in that physical darkness, but they're also surrounded by spiritual darkness. All the other prisoners, even the jailer and others in spiritual darkness. And yet they're shining the light of Jesus Christ in that dark place. And dear friend, you and I have an opportunity when we're going through trials to shine the light of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just Paul and Silas in this jail. There were people around them who were unsaved that were in this same jail cell. And can I tell you that one of the reasons God allows us to go through trials is because there are people that don't know the Lord that are going through the same thing. There are people that don't know the Lord who have cancer. There are people who don't know the Lord who have lost a job. There are people who don't know the Lord that have COVID. There are people who don't know the Lord that have children who are facing some serious issues and maybe even some wayward children and addicted children that they're burdened and broken over. And yet we who know the Lord, we're not exempt from those issues. And we know so many believers have the exact same situations. And I know believers who are in those same kinds of situations right now. And so we're not exempt from those things. And one of the reasons God takes us through those things is so that we can be a light to those around us who are in that same darkness. Uh, You know, just a year ago, last year in 2021... Two of our great men here in our church family, Brother Rick Reimer, Brother Lynn Smith, both passed away after courageous battles with cancer. And they continued to give God praise and give God glory. Brother Lynn was here a Sunday before he passed away. That was towards the end of May. You can go back and watch that on our church uh, archives of our videos and things that's still available. And you can hear his testimony of faith and how he gave God praise and glory irregardless of what was happening in his life and irregardless of the fact that he was near death with cancer. And so he gave God praise and Brother Rick would often do the same thing, lift up praise to God in spite of what he was going through. And I've seen that and you have seen that even just this past week. uh, Last Sunday while we were here in church, somebody came to me and said, Uh, Did you hear about the passing of Jerry Landers? And he was my high school basketball coach, and I had him for three or four classes as well in high school. 
a great example and mentor to me of a Christian man who strived to uh, please and honor Jesus Christ in everything that he was and did. And he passed away suddenly and unexpectedly at uh, just the young age of 60. And living down in the Nashville area, he was coaching a high school girls basketball team in that area. And uh, I saw this week that the newspaper there did a, a front page spread in their sports section, this Metro Nashville newspaper, uh, the uh, Nashville Predators, he was a big fan of theirs. They honored him at one of their games. His Christian testimony has been emblazoned all around the city of Nashville this week as they remember his uh, character and his testimony that he had. And so even after his death, he is still reaching people for Jesus Christ. So we don't always know why we're faced with certain things. But one of the reasons is that God can use us to shine his light when we go through these dark waters, when we go through these difficult times that we face. So they were praying, and then they sang praises to God, and others took notice of that. The prisoners heard them. They were in that same jail with Paul and Silas, and they had to think this is so unusual for them to be praising God in this difficult place. Well, the story doesn't stop there goes on in verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, this uh, jailer, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled He's getting ready to commit suicide. He's got his sword out. He's getting ready to fall on it and kill himself because he knows he's going to have to give account with his own life for all of these prisoners that he has let escape from this prison. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm. Don't hurt yourself for we are all here. Isn't that amazing? The jail is broken open. All the prisoners could have run out, but they all stayed behind. Could it be that the witness of Paul and Silas gave them the ability to speak to the prisoners and to say, we shouldn't escape? Why didn't they all pick up running? Why didn't just one pick up running? It could have been because of Paul and Silas' testimony before them. So then he called for a light, the jailer did, and he sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Isn't that a marvelous verse, and a wonderful truth? Right here, because they chose to shine the light of Jesus Christ in their pain, in their darkness, in spite of the fact that they are bloody and bleeding, and in spite of the fact that they are hurting, and in spite of the fact that they are locked up in a smelly, disgusting, uh, terrible dungeon of a place, they give God praise, they give God glory, knowing that God is working through their situation to bring it together for good. Paul would later on write that wonderful verse that is so many Christians' favorite, Romans 8, 28, 28 excuse me. And we know 
that God is working all things together for good to them who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And we know Paul would write that verse. He knew that God had a bigger picture. He knew that God was working. He knew God had directed him and Silas and their team into Philippi for a purpose and that the opposition that they were facing was going to be used by God for a greater good. And so when they did not say no to God, when they chose to praise Him instead of to throw a pity party, they in essence said yes to the Holy Spirit. And they uh, yielded to the Spirit and allowed Him to minister through them to many others, to all the other prisoners, even to this jailer who was about to commit suicide. They, not only did they rescue him from the brink of suicide, but they helped him to find Jesus, not just a physical salvation, but an eternal salvation of his soul. He said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Dear friend, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you're struggling through some pain, Uh, What you need more than money in your bank account, what you need more than healing from cancer, what you need more than uh, a relationship restored and repaired is for the salvation of your soul and the healing of your soul. That is far greater. You know, God can help you work through those other issues, but the number one thing you need to deal with today is the issue of your soul's salvation. It's so simple, and it says it right here. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. Again, this wasn't just a private conversation, but everyone was hearing the good news about Jesus. Isn't that just how the Lord works? All that Paul and Silas wanted to do was reach people for Jesus. And here they are in the middle of the night getting to preach and to teach and to tell these people all about Jesus. And they took them the same hour of the night. Again, they didn't even wait for morning. It's still the same night and washed their stripes, and he was baptized. Even before the sun come up in the morning, he is baptized. He and all his straightway immediately, his whole house. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat, he set food before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. Can you imagine this one night for this jailer? He goes from the brink of suicide to being baptized, and now he's rejoicing and praising God with his whole family. You talk about a revival coming to that town. But the revival came to Philippi only through the pain of Paul and Silas. And there's certain things the Holy Spirit can only do through our pain, through our brokenness. And when we yield to Him in those moments, we're saying, yes, Lord, to Your will, yes, to Your plan. I know that's not easy. Martha and Mary, back in John chapter 11, said, Lord, we don't know what You're doing, but yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Especially Martha, you see her replying with faith, yes, I believe that You are able. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that were dead, he that is dead uh, will live again. And do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. And gives that great testimony to her faith. And we see that Lazarus comes out of that grave alive. 
and Martha and Mary get to see so many people turn to Jesus in faith through their pain, through their hurt, through their heartache. And here we see Paul and Silas through their pain, through their heartache, through their hurt, see many people turn to Jesus Christ for salvation. And this group of people becomes the foundation for what would become a wonderful church in this city of Philippi. Later on, Paul writes this wonderful book. Again, many Christians' favorite book of the New Testament is the book of Philippians. It's all about joy. It's got so many tremendous verses. And it's written later on, Paul is in another jail cell writing this book back to these same Philippians, telling them, rejoice in the Lord. The theme of that book is joy and rejoicing, praising God, no matter what is going on. In chapter 1 of Philippians, we see that Paul tells them, hey, God is working out my imprisonment for the furtherance of his gospel. Isn't that amazing? God is still doing the same thing through his pain. And you can read the book of Philippians and see these truths rejoicing in God, no matter what is going on in our lives. As he says in chapter 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Uh, Verse 6, Be careful, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Isn't that what we saw him doing in Acts chapter 16, verse 25? They prayed and they didn't just give their supplications, their requests. But it says there in Philippians 4, 6, And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. They prayed and they sang praises unto God. He practiced what he preached. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He doesn't promise them that the situation will be changed. He doesn't promise them that circumstances will improve. But He does promise them that the peace of God will come to them in their storm. Here is Paul and Silas in the middle of this jail cell, beaten and bloody. And yet in that storm, in the midst of that storm, they are praising God. They had peace with God and peace from God, even in the situation that they were faced with. And when we respond in that way, it is a light and it's a testimony to so many people around us. And so simply in closing today, I just want to encourage you, dear Christian friend, Uh, to keep following God by faith. I don't know who you are. I don't know what exactly that you are experiencing and what road you may be walking down. Uh, But I want to encourage you that while you're asking why, don't let those why questions lead you into doubt and lead you away from trusting in the Lord. Jesus had to rebuke the disciples of that in the Gospels, we see that record. They were on the boat. There they are in the middle of the storm. The waves are crashing. The boat is filling up. They are panicking because they can't control this. These experienced fishermen can't control this storm any longer. They can't override this storm. It was too much for them to handle. And Jesus 
is experiencing peace in that same storm because there he is asleep on a pillow, the scripture says. And they go and wake him up. Don't you care that we're dying, Jesus? Wake up. What are you doing? Help us. Do something. And Jesus just simply gets up and says, peace, be still. The waves stopped. The winds stopped immediately. And then they looked at Jesus with their mouths open and said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obeys him? And Jesus had to rebuke them because they did not trust him. O oh, ye of little faith, why didn't you believe? You see, it's not wrong to have that initial question. But if we get stuck there, if we stay there, we're not following God by faith. That's where we need to turn from the horizontal to the vertical. And look to God in prayer and remind ourselves of the God that we are serving and the God that we are following and who He is and how much that He loves us and how much He cares for us. We need to get His perspective on the hurt that we're going through because He knows why He's taking us through the things He's taken us through. And He knows how to bring it all together for good and for His glory so that his name would be proclaimed through our life and that we can be a light and a testimony and a witness to all of those around us and if you're watching today and you do not know jesus as your savior as i said earlier the most important thing that you need right now is not more money or a better relationship or more success or more of anything else other than that beginning place, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're like this jailer. He had other questions to ask them. They had a conversation. I encourage you, reach out to us today. Don't put it off while the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, while He's drawing you. Don't put that off. Don't wait for another day. Reach out to us, whether it be through our Facebook page, whether it be through our website, AntiochBristol.com whether it be through our telephone, uh, whatever way, reach out to us. We want to answer your questions. We want you to know how you can begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today. And it's truly that. It's the beginning of a wonderful journey uh, with Jesus Christ. And who can receive that? Anyone. The scripture clearly tells us, for God so loved the world, Put your name there. If you feel unloved today, put your name in John 3.16. For God so loved me that He gave His only begotten Son, His one and only special Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever, put your name right there, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, this world is a culture of death. We are surrounded by death all around us. But Jesus came to give you life, to give you eternal life that begins now and lasts forever and forever and forever. And He wants you to experience that life in Him. And you can experience this peace with God and this peace that comes from God in whatever circumstance that you face in the future because you have somebody with you and His name is Jesus Christ. He promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always, even unto the end, He told His disciples. And He is with you from the moment you accept Him to the 
on and on and on for all of eternity. And what a wonderful Savior that we have. If you do not know him today, please reach out to us. Don't let today pass. Just like this jailer. He didn't even let the morning come first. He didn't say, let me go to bed and think about this. No. In the middle of the night, he heard them preach. He heard them teach. And he received the good news of Jesus Christ. He went out and got baptized even before the sun came up. So do not delay. Do not put that off. Do not procrastinate that decision. Why Why am I belaboring this point so much? It's simply this, that when we leave a service when you turn off the computer when you leave out of a church building and you go on to eating and you go on to other routines and you turn on the tv you're not thinking about those things and it becomes more and more dull and you say well you know i'm just going to put it off put it off put it off and that's one of the devil's weapons that he uses against us so if god is speaking to you right now now is the time to do business with God. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. Don't wait till the sensation quiets down and you can ignore it a little bit longer. That's a very dangerous place to be. So while the Spirit is speaking to you, do business with the Lord right now. Let me close this in a word of prayer. And I'll turn it back over to Pastor Brad to give the invitation and to close the service as he sees fit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you for these truths that we see in your precious word. Thank you for the example of faith our Lord Jesus Christ sets for us. He went through that old rugged cross. He went through that pain, just as Hebrew says, as the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now set down on the right hand of the Father. Lord, you saw what was coming up on the other side of the cross and you endured that old rugged cross for me and for every single person who is joining us right now. I praise your holy name for that. I thank you for Paul and Silas and their godly example of endurance and focusing on Jesus even in the storms that they went through and how they opened up the doorway for the Holy Spirit to be able to minister through them to see so many people around them receive Jesus Christ as Savior right that very night. Oh, only you can do something like this, Lord Jesus. And I praise your holy name for that. I pray for those who are joining us that do not know you. Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. I pray that you would give them the courage to reach out and to contact us or some a strong Christian that they know that can point them to how they can begin a relationship with Jesus. Lord, secondly, I pray for my Christian brothers and sisters who are going through pain, who are going through trials, and they're asking why, and they have been stuck in doubt. Lord, I pray that you would help them to overcome that doubt and to release that to you. And Lord, as it says there in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that they would cast that upon you and that they would go to you with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving letting their requests be made known unto you and lord you have promised that when we do that that you will give us that peace of god that passes all understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds through christ jesus i pray that that would be the victory that they experience today in jesus christ and it's in his name that we ask and pray these things amen
Amen. Pastor Brett, we'll turn the service back over to you for the invitation and the closing. Thank you, Pastor Josh, how true that passage was. Thank you for the message reminding us. Here was this fella, this Philippian jailer, who was a total barbarian. He absolutely knew nothing of the gospel. The region that he was in would be filled with idol worshipers. Yet, in that testimony of praise and thanksgiving, and their prayer, this fellow was convinced of two things. Number one, he was lost. He, he understood that. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was convinced he was lost. And secondly, he was convinced these fellows knew how he could be saved. And how marvelous that truth is to know you need help. And then to get to the one who is the help. That's what Pastor Josh has brought out to us here. And as believers, we sometimes forget that. As sinners, if you come to the place you know you're lost, then come to the Savior who can save you. I was reminded, and I think we'll we'll close the singing a verse here and then close in prayer. But just as I am, I read the story several times of Charlotte Elliott who thought that uh, she actually was good enough to get to heaven. She didn't need this Savior. She was all right with God. And she really, really thought that it was for the real wicked people like the Philippian jailer. But then she was brought to a place that in page 62 of our hymn book, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. She said that those last words seemed to leap out of her heart I come I come and then I love that last verse there's five verses in this hymn just as I am thou wilt receive will welcome pardon cleanse relief Listen, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. That is the key to a life of peace. It's when you... First of all, as a sinner like this Philippian jailer, a barbarian, say, I'm lost and he's the Savior. I'll get him. I'll go to him. And then afterwards, as believers, as Pastor Josh has talked about today, that we don't whine and complain, but we surrender. 
just as I am. Lord, I'm coming to thee. You know my problems, my, my situations, my circumstances. Forgive me for my distraction from you by looking at myself. And these fellows, they, they no doubt in that jail cell had determined this is God's plan. This is his will. And I'm going to rejoice in it. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for being here, joining us today through our Facebook and our website. Our Father, as Brother Josh has already uh, prayed for these, we lift them up again in prayer, and all of us. Father, we're a people that need to always have our focus on Jesus. When circumstances and situations or Satan, the old enemy, distracts us and takes our focus away from Jesus, then we make horrible mistakes. We're not witnesses as we could be in these times. Help us, Lord, in these difficult days. When, as Daniel prophesied in Daniel 7.25, that that spirit of the Antichrist would wear out the saints, certainly that's what he's doing today. He's wearing out the saints. He's trying his best to discourage the church of the living God. But, Father, let us turn our eyes to Jesus. As Pastor Josh said, let us look vertically, not horizontally, and then our prayer will result in our praise. And may we do that in these days. Lord, our prayer result in our praise. And we ask you, Father, keep us focused on thee. Keep all those listening focused. And if there are those who are listening and watching, Father, that who have never trusted Jesus, they need to know only these two truths that the Philippian jailer came to realize who had never heard about Jesus before. He came to realize that he was a sinner. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he knew these men knew the Savior. Lord, would you do that for them? I know you will. If they'll come to you in repentance and faith, you will save. Thank you for your kindness and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us. God bless you and keep you safe until we meet again. Thank you.